Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Marriott's on the move. What? Marriott's on the move. Again? Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the move. If you are dreaming about moving to a new city to pursue the life of your dreams, this podcast is for you. Moving 18 times in 22 years to five of the top cities in America, I know it's not easy to make those decisions alone. So I help individuals develop the dream, the plan, and the move, even if we need to get scrappy to get you there. I'll be doing interviews, career and city spotlights, and sharing my crazy moving stories, tips, tricks, and scams to avoid. My Fred Framework will help you see just how attainable your dreams are. Now let's get moving. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to Marriott's On The Move, the podcast. Today, I have a super special guest I'm super excited about. His name is Jonathan Gorman. He is an actor, a public speaker. He is a friend of mine, and now he is a book author. So I can't wait to dig into that. He's got a new book called Your Life Is Your Movie. Is that the title? You got it. That's the name. Which I'm super excited about. I don't know if I ever told you, but my logo has a picture. It's like on a TV because originally this was supposed to be a TV show. And oh, we wow. actually kind of, I, the way I coach is around like bringing it into a story. Like this is your story. You are the star. So it's very appropriate that we're talking about your new book. I'm super nice. excited about that too. So Jonathan, I would love, I know you have a lot of accolades. You have a lot in your background. I know you from an acting course that we, co- we took together in Chicago. Uh, with a mutual friend of ours, Brian. And I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit about your history because it's very rich. I love it. Oh, well, thank you. First of all, thanks for having me on. So I appreciate that, you know, right away. And I remember even before we get into this, we were sitting when you moved to Charlotte here, we talked about this. And so seeing you maturate your podcast and then my book come to, to, to light, it's all kind of a very cool, surreal moment at the same time. So it is. That, and that's the really the story of my life. So when you when you go back, you know, you go back many years ago. I was born in Pasadena, California. So I am a Southern California boy, <laughs> and I have never lived by the rules. So that's probably been the main frame of my life. Not that I've done that by design. I'll be honest with you. It's just the DNA of who I am. Always been very effervescent, and you know, one of those types of people who likes to dive all in into everything that I do. Don't always know what I'm doing, which is okay. You know, that's made it quite adventurous. And there's been so many cool trials and tribulations along the way. And so, you know, coming from California, I think one of the greatest things was, is that it's like the land of Oz. You know, everybody wants to go to Southern California for whatever the reasons may be. Sure, there's the Hollywood industry there, but it's a lot of people want to go there because it is the dreamers. Everybody's got something that they're doing and they're, maybe they've even got a regular gig, but they're doing something on the sides, that side hustle. So that was kind of in the DNA, not knowing. And I, as we'll talk about this probably today is, you know, my moves into going to the Midwest and from the Midwest to the Southeast, it's those transitions. There were things that occurred and we'll, we'll have fun with those that I was like, wow, people actually wear that. I didn't know yeah. that. I saw it in magazines. Right. So right. That was a plus being able to be born and raised in California, you know, and I will say as we get into the entertainment conversation, I didn't have any friends get in the entertainment industry. That was foreign. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. So that's got its own journey in itself. Didn't go to college. So that has its own journey in itself from going to trying to figure out just life and things that good and really bad that happen in those earlier days that morph who you become. And that survivor that you are, we're all surviving, right? Yep. And so those are the kinds of things. So I think from that, you know, I have a sister. She's 18 months older. My mom and dad were, they're past now, but they were uh, married to, you know, their entire life, which was fantastic. Celebrated 50 years. So I was from a very close-knit city in Temple City, California, which is just 10 minutes east of Pasadena. 
and really great friends and just a great childhood. I wouldn't trade it in at all. The, the, the evolution of skateboards coming to life, you know, surfing. Oh, yeah. And, you it know, was like movies. Right? I, I got to live it all. So that was probably the coolest thing. And then going into adulthood was such a transition. And yeah. a lot of it just being lost at a certain point, you know, that I talk about in my book. And, but, you know, that's what morphs you in life too. And, and then how do you overcome that? So, right. you know, from an essence of who I am, but I'm, I'm a huge, we have now my wife and I were here. We have, I'm a huge dog lover. I've always had dogs. So I'm a big dog lover, love family, love friends, and really just love doing new things and, and never really, like I said, following the course of life. Yeah. Well, so have you ever lived in LA proper when you were acting? No, okay. not really. <laughs> I I mean, for a very brief time. Yeah. When I had my daughter, her mom and I were together and we weren't married at the time. We weren't sure, you know, how that all was going to work. She got pregnant. We were both young actors. And so, you know, that had its own, had its own journey. And so she had a place in North Hollywood. So there was a period of time I stayed there for about three years, but that was really more out of necessity, not becoming an actor. Right. I have never been one to fall into the acting groove, you know, of like living in Hollywood, going to premieres or anything of that nature. I've never really understood it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how, like, People want to do so much for you. And that's a cool thing that they're generous in that way. But it's also, it feels weird. And that's yeah. just not my DNA. So I loved living just on the outskirts. So majority of my life, I spent in the Eagle Rock, Glendale area. So it was just far enough outside to go there and be with my family and my friends. Who My family still lived in that Temple City, Arcadia, Sierra Madre area. But it didn't get me absorbed into just being around a whole bunch of entertainment folk. Well, so how did you get to the Midwest? Because I think that when I met you in Chicago, I was living in Chicago at the same time, but you were living in Indiana, right? And I, I found it so incredibly fascinating that you had a job in technology, just like I did, right? So you were working full-time, but you were also an actor doing things like Lifetime movies and commercials. You were on Chicago, I think, Fire and PD. And, Chicago yeah. PD. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was like all of these things that you were able to do while having a full-time job. Because I think that's one of the things when I'm coaching, people are like, I want to just quit everything and go YOLO and do my my dream job. And I'm like, Oh, pump the brakes. You need money to do that. You know, you have to pay rent still and all that stuff. But like, how, how did that all come about where you like kind of took that and you, you still were able to run with it, but then never like really in LA, it was always like in different area parts of the U S because right now you're in Charlotte with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It has many layers to a staircase of morphine and We'll come back and even parking lot that of like what you were just sharing is like, hey, hold the brakes and don't do all of that. One of the things that you learn as an actor as well is you take all these various classes. And as you take all these various classes, you're just getting new ingredients on your shelves. And so when you get parts, it's a little bit, oh, let's take a little bit of this and a little bit of that, right? So we'll talk more about that too. And I think, but then there's also a financial plan of what you're saying. And so that's very important. And, and I do like to address that because I think that's key for what your road wants to be and how you want that to be. In the sense of me going from LA to now Indiana, it was, you know, I wasn't, wasn't young. I was 40 some years old. So I had this incredible life in California. And every time I had an opportunity to go travel and do a movie or a TV show or whatever that might be that actually gave me an opportunity to go outside of this area, I'd always come back and tell my mom, oh my gosh, I love it there. I could totally live there in these little, little cities, right? And, right. and I found love in every city, which was really just the cool piece, right? Because people are just amazing wherever you go and the experiences of what you get. So I knew at a very early age, my mom knew there's one day this kid is not going to be here in the LA basin, you know, didn't need to, but I, I had to, because I was in the melting pot of the business. And for the time that I started, it made sense. Yeah. Today we're in a whole different landscape, you know, with it being with even the pandemic, we went, that's even opened up new gateways, but even prior to that, you know, when Atlanta opened up and, and all the different things that opened new gateways. And, and, and there's a gentleman I had in my daughter's baby class 
he he actually moved from LA to Atlanta, thriving, thriving career. And I think, you know, I read an article on him one time and he was like how incredible it was for him. So everybody has a different time when they could make that transition. Today to stay landlocked anywhere doesn't make sense. I was 38, 30, well, about 36 to 38. And I had never really had a job outside of, you know, piddly jobs, doing some serving and bartending and this and that, but not a corporate job. So I remember I was like, well, you know, my daughter's getting older. And, you know, I told my wife who I said, you know, listen, I, I think, you know, the business is great, but I have ups and downs. And I was a big commercial actor. So that has a whole nother level in itself because of that money is fantastic, but you get put on a lot of uh, conflicts where you can't be in two different soda ads. So that can hold you for two years. Yeah. So at that point, I was like, you know what? I need to jump into the corporate world, get some of a background. And I've always been, if I'm going to do anything in life, I'm going all in. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, that's the DNA so with, again, right? With all your auditions, because you, like anything you audition for, I swear you get, you book every single time. So that had to be hard too, because you're like, I'm in this world, but I also need to be stable. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's got to be so hard. I'm pretty obsessed with Savvy. I think I have almost every sports bra they make because, let's face it, they keep the girls high and tight just like their leggings. And I love them because I am always moving. And I don't mean relocating this time. I'm either working out, grabbing brunch, going on a date with Nick, going to work, or a work event. And even if I'm just lounging around the house, I can wear savvy for all of them. I have four of their dusters and all of their dresses. To prove how great they are, they released a hot pink trucker hat. And guess what it says? Moving forward together. It's like it was made for us. You can check it out on my faves page at marriottsonthemove.com. Don't forget to drop me your email address. I may be giving one of those trucker hats away in a month or two, and you'll only find out when through my Monday mailer. Now, back to the show. Well, you know, I think it's like anything in choice. So my wife today was not my daughter's mom, but, right. you know, so her mom stayed in the industry. And, and for me, being a, a man, a very traditional man, when my daughter was born, you know, I had the SAG insurance and it was fantastic. And it, the, the years keep going. It costs more and more to do. And she cost more and more to do. And I, I was maintaining the insurance for us. So the minute she was born, I took on a different level of responsibility. I was working up a storm as an actor when I, before she was born. And I had, I mean, you know, I had all the studios calling and stuff. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and uh, and why they were calling. They'd see me and stuff and they were very interested, like the look and they they saw something. They saw more in me than I saw myself at that time, unfortunately. And I was paralyzed to be in classes. Like that just was like, whoa, you know, and teachers would say, oh my God, you're so raw. You're so raw. And if we could just tap you to understand why you do what you do, it's going to be crazy. So I was really my own demise early on. And so when I got into the corporate world, I remember saying to my, my wife, who's my wife today, I said, you know, I'm jumping all in and I'm going to be a C-level person in five years. Now, yeah. why? I didn't know, but I just knew that the C-level people are at the top. So yeah, make the I money. Just do that, right? That just right. makes sense. And so I just powered away and I had some interesting roads that took me there. But I finally got to a point where I started my own ad agency and then I, I had merged that into a publication company. And so now I was the COO of this publication company. And that was in about a four-year span. So I actually had done that. And we had about 45, 50 people there. Yeah. And a young kid came into my office one day. I would come in 10, leave by one. But I was going to a lot of different events because we had seven community newspapers. And so he said, what do you do? And I said, well, if you had been here before, you would see I was here quite a bit, but now we've put the right people. There's a great book out there by Jim Collins. It's called Good to Great. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it was really that. It was taking that essence of that methodology and putting the right people in the right roles. And when they're doing that, you're thriving. You don't need to always be right there. And so at that moment, I went home and I said to my my wife, I said, you know, why am I here? I'm not going to do this acting thing full time anymore, try to do this full time, you know, and have these two things really colliding into each other. Maybe it's time to just put some energy alone into this corporate world. And so that's, I was not thinking Indiana, but my wife, my wife is from (laughs) Indianapolis. Right. I was thinking Seattle. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, um, but life for funny how it is that we ended up in Indiana and it ended up being an interesting 12 years of my life. And it actually 
re-picked up the acting world substantially just because of all of this plethora of work out there. And there's union and non-union work in the world out there today. And that's even had a land shift in shifting, right? So I, at that point, had went to what they call FICOR that allows me to do both. And so because of Indiana, just because there was so much predominantly non-union work, I love the union. I'm a big thriver of the union. But at the point when you can't get enough because there's not enough there, I was forced into something there. And so that was the challenge point, you know, a little bit. But if, if it got both worlds. And so I was, by being there, that's how I landed there. And, but I am not a winner person. Yeah, me neither. Okay, so Charlotte, <laughs> right? And so Snow and I are we're supposed to have visiting hours with each other, not residential hours. Right. And so at that moment, I was like, when you when you bro- yeah, when you broke down the entire nation, there were only a few places that were going to fit me and who I am. And I think that's important to know who you are, right? That's when you're going to thrive. And so yeah. I knew everything's big in Texas. My mom is from Texas, right? So. There's got to be, and I'm a total cowboy at heart. So, you know, I was like, okay, I could definitely fit here in somewhere in Texas. And then the Carolinas, because of the climate, the moderate climate. Yeah. If you really broke it out, get above that, it starts, there's the cold you can always deal with. You get too low, it's, there's the hot and humidity. And then there's desolate land, not to take away anybody who lives in this incredible world of the desolate land. It's just not my DNA, right? Right. When you broke it all down, and, and my wife didn't ever want to go to Seattle because it was gloomy and gray. And it but, is, you know, but that's yeah. what people say. You know, I've been there many times and it's always been beautiful. I don't know if I happen to bring <laughs> the southern sun or something. You bring but, the sun. You know, yeah. you know, but it is spectacular to have the ocean and have lakes and the mountains and all that. So I was really fascinated with Seattle. But that's kind of my little my journey of how it's moved around and why I'm here. The options were very limited. Well, even Indianapolis, I mean, it is a thriving city. Like I just went and visited last, uh, right before Thanksgiving. I have a friend named Jody that lives there. She's right in the city. It is, it's come up in so many different ways from like the traditional, what you think of Indiana to being yeah. a thriving city. You've got houses being renovated, all these cool little coffee shops. Like it's a really fun place to be. But if it's not something that you go into knowing that that's where you want to be, or you have an ecosystem of friends and family. I mean, you built your ecosystem there. You even had a, an acting school there, yeah. right? So yeah. you're really good at being adaptable and finding your people and finding your way, but you're also a leader. You're very charismatic. And I know that once you get to a place, you can make that ecosystem, whatever you want it to be, right? So Absolutely. you have that ability and that adaptability, but somebody going into it for the first time, it's got to be scary. It's got to be like taking on a movie. You don't know what you don't know. And that's kind of like the career side of it too. So, I mean, we all have this origin story and obviously like, I want to get into this book because it's very juicy. The the couple chapters I got to read, I love it. Thanks. So when is it coming out? So I am really, really close. I mean, as you can see right here, I'm, there it is. Yeah, so this, this is what you call a galley view. So as you can see, it says okay. not for sale. Yeah. But what it does is the formatting was just off on this version. So I got that about a month ago. So for this last month, my editor and I, we've been doing some things to just adjust that. It actually increased it, which was substantial, as you can see. It yeah. increased it about, but there's a lot of blank pages because I want people to have room for notes and stuff. Yeah. So I really want it to be a workbook more than anything. And so, but that we were added about 50 pages or so. And I just got that yesterday. So I've oh, uploaded wow. that into the publishing formatting system. And, but now I have to readjust the spine in the cover. So yeah. that will be starting yeah, yeah. to get done the next couple of days. I'll get another galley view. And if that looks great, which we're knock on wood, hoping it is, it's ready to go. But that's why I'm pre-selling it now is because people can save some money by buying it now before I once I hang, once it's once yeah. it's ready to go, everything goes about back to full price, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got my copy pre-ordered. Yes, so you I'm do. Excited about it. But yeah, so, tell you. me how you got into this? Like, I know you work full time, plus you're doing movies. I mean, in fact, we were scheduled to meet last week, and you had what was it a Lifetime movie? What was it last? No, week? so I was working on a fantastic project. Now I'm just a boarding player in it, but so playing a U.S. senator, which is really cool. Ooh. But it's, uh, I can't release certain names right now yet, but what I can say is it's from a lineage of books. And Mm -hmm. so that was really cool. And being able, they've been shooting since October. They'll go all the way through till March. They've been around various countries as well outside. So Italy and different places of that nature. It's a really, it's just a really cool concept of the story and how the characters have evolved 
over the course of the various books. So now I'm being introduced into this book near the very tail end of that movie. Very cool. So yeah, I got to go down to Atlanta and, and be on set for that. That was fantastic. I am going back down again next week for another project. And then I have another project later here in Charlotte area, this in a Christian film. So yeah, so, you know, I really try to just keep busy in that, in that space. And I feel like I've, as I've maturated just and matured as a human being and as as a man, I've found my own, which is really cool. And so I'm finding my own style that, that works for me and seems to be appealing to some of the people that I'm auditioning for, which is, you know, a gift and lucky. Yeah. Did you know that a bottle of wine can have up to 300 chemicals in it? Like Mega Purple, for instance, which makes the wine look a little bit more full-bodied, but also turns your teeth and tongue purple. And they can add up to 16 grams of sugar or sweetener concentrates to that same bottle. Check the label of the wine you're drinking. Oh wait, you can't. They don't have to put it on there. You might be ingesting synthetic pesticides and not even know it. Join my Scout and Cellar Wine Club and taste the difference that the clean-crafted commitment that 23 of our vintners around the world make to you ship straight to your home. To learn more, I'll put the link in the show notes or go to scoutandcellar.com forward slash Marriott's on the move. Now back to the show. Well, so your style is fantastic. I've seen several of the things that you've done. I would love, so obviously your life is a movie. We all have the origin story. We all have this like place that we start out. But so tell me with all of your free time, working full time and doing side projects and acting and all that stuff, like what inspired you? Because I remember the conversation last year, which feels like yesterday, by the way, it was a whole like year ago last summer, but that you were really like feeling compelled to do this. Like what, what about writing a book and getting your story out there was so compelling for you? Yeah, well, nothing's overnight. And I think when people realize that, there's a couple of things, and there's the book behind me, I'm sure somewhere there by Simon Sinek. And he, you know, it's the infinite game. And many people don't understand that. And so what they do is they put these perimeters, you know, in dieting or whatever it might be, where there's a a start and an end. But many things in our life are a start and a lifelong journey. So it's death that ends it, right? And then that will have its own chapter when we, wherever we may go. And so from that, I live that way. So, you know, when you look at the book, the book started a decade ago, okay? And it's been maturating. It found itself by allowing that space and time. Yes, I could have done it much sooner. For whatever the reasons were, I work on a very frequency level of being. We are frequency, right? And that's going to get a little bit of science here, but I do speak that in the book. So it's important is that you're moving your neutrons and your protons and all these elements of you by frequency and by by wave a wave system. And so I like to know my body, allow it to listen to what's out there and when is it ready? And when it is, it finds itself. So even my very first screenplay that I ever wrote, it took seven years to write and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and put it into people's hands and get critiques and all the different things until it went into a production state, right? Which is such a huge accomplishment. I always knew I wanted to write a book only because everybody said, you do these crazy things. Like you have (laughs) to write a book. The coolest story. Yeah. But when it first came out, it was really going to be like, how do you get people to get off of this world of not accomplishing what they want? Right. Right. Because I've been pretty lucky. I mean, I've been accomplishing a lot of the things I want to do. Right. And so that was just, it weighed on me. And so a decade ago, I've been studying for 30 years how the body and the mind work, taking different courses and constantly listening to things, reading. So that education is very, very deep and strong because there's a plethora of information out there. But now it was like one of the things is I was sitting there about almost a decade ago, I realized that motivation was the word I never wanted to hear. Mm. And the reason why I didn't want to hear it was because motivation is much like an external force. It's not your internal fire. Inspiration is your internal fire. So, and the reason why I said it's, it's because it's conditioning. Yeah. You can break down the word and you can make it an internal, but it's when you put the conditioning into it, why do we say we want motivational speaking? We want you, we're going to motivate you. How do I motivate you? We use right. it in a conditioned way that it makes it very external, that we need somebody to come in and speak to us and motivate us. But the problem is, that's like literally taking a pill. 
Right. And it's taking a drug that gets you really excited. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love this. And I'm ready to go. And then two <laughs> days later, you're bam. So there's yep. an action broken. And the action broken is because it doesn't have what you want to do. Right. It's what they want you to do. Right. And so, and they being those, those community you're in and you're, you're, you're playing this motivation game with. So it gets broken and you're constantly trying to get on this hamster wheel and get moving, moving, moving. And you can't because it's just the same, same thing, right? When you realize and you define your purpose, your purpose, everybody has a very specific purpose. Then motivation, it's just like magic. It just goes, it's gone. Yeah. It's actually just gone. Motivation is an actual interesting element because what happens is, is when you start living to your purpose and you define that, which takes work, but you will not hear me say hard work. (laughs) Another word I want to put with motivation. Let's put them in the trash can of conditioning. Because if you love doing what you do, why is it hard? Right. Right. So it's just work. So if you do the work to define your purpose, then you're going to wake up every day wanting to do it, even if it's for five or 10 minutes of your day. Well, now that's going to make you do inspirational things, which if you're doing inspirational things is going to inspire people which is going to trigger them to be motivated because it's still an external. And unless they, this is where it will only come full circle, unless they truly understand the only way to make that change is find the action of purpose, it will never ignite. So how do you deal with that kind of little doubt on the back of your mind saying like, who are you to do this? Like, I mean, even some of the auditions that you've gone after or some of the you know things that you book, like how do you get past that little feeling that like, what am I doing? Like this, I shouldn't be doing this. Or like, how do you compel yourself to action when you feel like you're not in the right spot? Wow. That's got multifaceted elements <laughs> to it. Okay. So from a personal perspective or an acting perspective, those are two different answers. So which one would you want me to start with first personal or acting? I would say acting. Okay. Acting the greatest thing that I've found, and I'll, I'll go through this. I went through it last week. I will go through it again this week, and I'll go through it in a couple of weeks here. Again, every acting gig I get, I feel like I'm faking it. Really? Oh, absolutely. We all do. <laughs> we all do. Well, it doesn't show. That's a good no, thing. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of it. It takes right. time. And really what you have to do, creativity comes when you relax. And so when we take classes, it's about being able to us to control the, the level of anxieties so that we can now stay in the moment of present. I don't know what you could have said, take personal. You could have said, take acting. I had to wait. Right. Right. And I didn't know which direction you were going to go. So my response was based on what you gave me. Well, that's the same thing in a scene. We know what we create this character, but we don't know where the character is going to go. Yes, we have the lines and we have this, but now we have this other artist in front of us or multi-artist in front of us that we don't even maybe, you know, know exactly how they're going to take it. That was a great experience this last week. The, the young gentleman and I, who's playing my son, had a very combative scene, emotional scene. And we, I, we never practiced lines. You we didn't? Walked, no, we walked, we, you know, it's the beauty of it. We, we, we That's met. What professionals do. They don't, you know, they don't have to prep. <laughs> we met. He went his makeup hair. I did my makeup hair, wardrobes. You get on set and we talked a little bit, bumped up, you know, hey, how do you know? Found it. You're just talking about life. And then they said, okay, guys, let's go into the room, put us on our in our set. And and they said, let's run a rehearsal. And we we ripped it, man, and just let it rip. That's awesome. And that's really cool because it allows you to, you know what your essence of the scene is. So you know what you're feeling. But I don't know what I'm actually feeling yet till he gives me what he's feeling. Right. And then as he's feeling, does that change my feeling to some or can I just take that in and let that really maturate in that moment and scene? And some sometimes in a scene, they maybe you it's it's slow. And then that's when they say, hey, pick it up, move it even faster. Right. It's not that because it, I for me, sometimes I start off a little slow because I want to take in these really cool elements. Maybe they'll, a certain director will say, that's great. I'm going to edit it tighter down. Another one wants it super fast. And so everybody, now that's when you're listening to your director. What do they want for you to do? And you're using, tell they give you something very cool from an actional perspective. And then you find that way that you feel that that guy's going to bring that character that I'm playing me. How am I bringing that forward? So that's a very different one. When you look at personal life, you know, you have to, you know, 
you're mapping what you want out. It's your life, right? So there's, there's, there's differences inside of those now. Hopefully that makes more sense. Have you heard of Monate or Modern Nature? I hadn't either before my friend Monica was raving about their skincare products that she's obsessed with. I took their hair quiz to find out which product line would be best for me since I just happened to be looking for new shampoo and conditioner, and I signed up for their VIP package that got me a little bit of everything to try out. Turns out, they are the first anti-aging hair care line in the world, which I didn't even know was a thing. And their products are gluten-free, vegan, and Leaping Bunny certified, which means they're never tested on animals. Now, I'm obsessed with their rich formulations that feature botanical extracts, essential oils, and other naturally-based ingredients, and I want to share those products with you. I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can hit the faves page on my website. It's safe, EU-approved, and clinically tested by third parties. So essentially, robustness approved. Now, back to the show. So if somebody, I think looking at this from a bigger picture, like you've got how many years now in acting? And Wow, like just almost four, four decades. Wow. Yeah. So it's like looking back, what did you do right? What do you wish you did differently? Yeah. You know, what does that look like? If you were giving somebody advice who's like in their 20s and just kind of starting out in life, not necessarily in acting, but just what what would you tell them? I'll tell them what I tell my daughter because she's in the business. She's a, a writer. She's directed. She's acting. And I think follow the thing you're best at. Okay. If that's your purpose. Again, if it's your purpose. Yeah. If it's not. I was a singer, believe you it were. or not. Yeah. So that? Yeah. So that's the, the whole thing started with singing and I was a, a horrible actor and still I'm trying <laughs> to figure that out. But you know what? The funniest piece of it is that when I, I never really sang too much, but as a child, I was very quiet. And so I was raised in a convent and in being raised in a convent, these nuns taught me how to sing. And so in singing, that was my first release. And then in, as a, in grammar school, I was in a couple of talent contests and won and that was really cool. So I was recognized as singing. Then my mom and dad put me in some singing lessons. And I had this Italian guy and he taught me how to sing like and really sing from underneath. And, and you know, and that was a, like French or something there, you know, and it was just because he wanted me to learn the depth of the true level of a tenor instead of just living up here in this high register. And I love that. So I love like a Bubele and a Harry Connick and Elvis has all these really just rich elements, Sinatra. And so those are mine, Neil Diamond. And so I, that was my gift. Yeah. But I ran from my gift because of this challenge and, you know, this fascination with acting and then acting, like I said, people have always said, you're very raw and real with your thoughts and the way you do. And that's had its own little journey. So Getting into where you want to go, going back to your question, it's really, where's your strength? Because your strength is, you know, I heard something very interesting from a a very, very famous casting director recently. And they said, it's okay to be typecast in the beginning. Mm. Think about it. If people in casting knows what you do, then you're going to get hired more. And then you're going to slowly expand that out, right? And become more versatile. So go through what you're strong at. That's why I try to tell my daughter, not that she can't be a great actress, but she's an incredible writer. I wish I could do what she does, right? right? I would be like, write all the time because I would create the content because that's the bloodline. Everybody needs great content. That's the hardest thing to find as an actor, right? Is what resonates with you. Just recently turned down an audition because it just wasn't right for me. It wasn't resonating. Who am I to people say to, to, to turn it down? But you know what? You should. Right. It's not resonating with you, doesn't it? Isn't that what the stars do, right? Yeah. So treat yourself that same way. So put what that, if it's that directing realm, go that realm. If it's writing, if it's acting, if it's in production, if it's producing, because then you can tell her, if you're making it in the writing world, you'll eventually act. You'll direct, you'll produce, you'll do whatever you need to do. And so there's really, again, what's the shelf look like and where's the sauce of what I want to make but if you do what truly inspires you and what you're best at, the odds are of your probability to go further faster is going to be more, more uh, easy. Yeah. And I think there's a, an element of like getting to a certain point within what you're doing and saying like, you know what? I don't love this anymore. And like you said, turning down something for some people that feels really big, you know, like when you get into this, like, 
not a rut, but you get into this like cycle of doing the same thing over and over again. And if you don't step out of that cycle, you're going to continue it. So like having that, like that awareness of, you know, maybe I should pivot here. I don't love this anymore. I don't, I've been doing this coaching and I love it. And I find that the more I do it, the more I want to do it. Like I'll get in the zone because I'm writing a digital course. It's going to be like a little bit of a, almost like a webinar ish, you know, workshop ish in May. But it's, it's one of those things where like, I will sit down with my laptop and I'll like, I'll have um, hot chocolate or something. And I'm just like in the zone and I'll be writing and writing and writing. And then all of a sudden I'll look up and like the dogs have put themselves to bed. You know, I'm like, what time is it? And it'll be like 1130. And I've been writing for four hours and I, I don't even know what I wrote, you know? So it's like, you figure out that zone of genius. And when you feel that way and you almost feel compelled to do something. To me, it's like, if you try it and then you realize you don't want to do it, it's okay to pivot, but it's when you keep doing it and keep doing it. And then you're like, why am I doing this? It's the worst feeling ever. Absolutely. I've done hundreds of commercials and it's not that I don't love everyone. And they've all been fantastic. And the money is incredible. Right. But do I savor the moment as much? Now it's about what character lands on me for an audition. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never done this one, right? I want to do that one for that reason. Not just because it's, oh, I'm going to say something and I'm going to get paid to act. I would rather push my time in my corporate world or write or try to get another movie produced or, you know, do write, write, think about another book or how am I bringing this book forward and all of that. So you have to start to ask yourself what, inspires you to keep moving and progressing and growing. Yeah. And I think at some point too, like all of these experiences that you have become that movie. So it's like, you're writing your story and you don't even know where the ending's taking you, but you lean into it. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, I can take the experience from this. And I know the experience from this. And then all of a sudden you're moving in the direction of your dreams. And that is like that earth shattering, mind blowing, like, oh my gosh, I know my purpose. But getting there sometimes is hard. Yeah, it's starting. It's always starting. And that's why that's really what I'm hopefully everybody who gets the book, if they don't, they're going to miss it. Because that is the key piece to the whole element of what I wanted to create is the fact is, is it's the starting point. You should have multiple movies in your life. Right. If you're thriving to have a relationship and you've never been married, then the journey, maybe that movie is about the whole dating process up to the point that you now have family or you start that beginning of that nuclear family. Then you have the family and then that becomes a whole nother chapter. Then your children have families and then that's a whole nother chapter. That's all new movies, right? They're all different ways. So you don't have to be in the entertainment industry to read my book. That's not the goal. I mean, if that is, it's the goal is to take the premise that when you look at 18 defined elements of film, you say, and the very first one is, it's like any great story starts with an actual log line. What is it in two to three lines that that whole project's about? That, that I can tell somebody in two, three lines. So now if I say, what is your life about in two to three lines? If you learn how to write your log line, then you can write your treatment. Then you can write your script. Back into what you said though, are you going to live in a car and take and roll the dice or are you going to financially make your movie? Yeah. And the financially make your movie means what is the sustainability that you have that gives you the finances to take the right headshots so that they they're that's the calling card. <laughs> right. Get the right agent to to know you can travel to and from to those jobs that are you're going to take a loss on because they're just not enough pay for where you want to go to get that one next piece on your reel. That right. makes that next gig that you get that, that spectacular one because you did that one that you lost a little bit of right. money on. Right. That's the essence of what I want people to get is if you write your movie, you plan just like you're going to do. If somebody's going to make a movie, you can do that in anything you incorporate into your life. Totally. Now you're the producer and the director and the actor or whatever of your film. I love this. Well, and I think that just knowing you and like how you are and, you know, the conversations, every time I walk away from a conversation with you, I'm inspired, you know, it's just like your charisma and just like how you go about it. Cause you're very methodical in a way that like, and I know you do that with your characters. Like you, I'm sure you do so much more homework than anybody ever sees. Say my lines a gazillion times so that I did. I'm not thinking about the line. Right. 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 Right? The line. Yeah. It falls out. Yeah. 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 So take it one step further. So with your book, 
your, what, what else do you want people to take away from this? I love the idea of like having space to write, because I know that just the the couple sheets that I printed out, I was like highlighting and taking, you know, like, yeah. What, what else would you like them to use this for? I mean, I think I've really in the somewhat summed it up in the sense that I think the first thing is, is, you know, I would challenge anybody who buys my book. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, how much are you doing? You're selling it for And I said, it's going to be just shy of 30 bucks. Right. And so you'll have to do shipping and this and that. If you can't spend $30, $40 on yourself to, to enrich yourself, then it's okay. Don't buy it. Right. Because then you're not going to do the first thing anyway. And that's, I don't want it being like this sitting behind me on a bunch of shelves. I have a, for all my life I've been here. That's my shelf. That's it. They're very confined books that I know that mean something that have purpose. And so that's what the book needs to become. So I would first say that purchase the book because you're saying, I want to, I have something lacking in my life that I want to map out the right way. And I want to find my purpose because I'm not living right now, something in my life that's my purpose. And I know I'm not doing it. Yeah. If you can answer that question, buy the book. Right. Because I'm going to give you why each element is important and how they all correlate. And so each one has a film term, but it also has an, what I call a guidance term. What is like empower? What is vision? People lose the essence of vision because what they do is they have a vision for what they are in vision, what they want, but they don't believe it can be for them. Mm. So vision and envision need to be to working together. We have to rewire our brain because our brain was broken the way that it was assembled because of we don't come to a conscious state of mind until we're already inside of this world and functioning and operating. Yes, we may be very young, but that information is inside of us. It's hardwired inside of our subconscious and we're operating on 95% subconscious. Hmm. So if, think about that, right? So yeah. if you're, so, you know, we're talking and we're, we're moving, all of that is subconscious elements of doom. When we're sleeping, we are constantly living in subconscious. So our belief system is built and defined by basically the time we're five to 10 years old, it's going to fall in there. We're going to have a couple tragedies inside of our life because our prefrontal, con- for- prefrontal cortex con- is not going to develop until 18 to 21. Wow. What a gap. <laughs> right? And we, we're inside of all these brain waves, right? From delta waves to then theta waves to alpha waves to alpha, beta, gamma, uh, gamma waves. I mean, all these wave frequencies of different stages of our life and different elements of how we execute when we're in meditation or when maybe we're drinking. Those have different waves and frequencies of what we're getting information. And we're getting all this information and we're processing millions of bits of information per minute, Right. And then what do we do? We're storing it. Well, the only way that we rewires ourselves is when we have objectivity. I don't know if that's right. Well, mm-hmm. this whole, my whole community told me it was this right, which I've already shared today. Yeah. Why do you have to get up early to be successful? I'm not an early bird person. I'm doing pretty good, right? And yeah. so that doesn't matter. Why do we have to say you have to work hard? Shouldn't you just have to be focused and work? That's part of the hustle culture, though, that like has really right. over when... I don't necessarily agree with it. I think that there's like that zone that you get into and that's what you should follow and lean into. But yeah, and there's great things out there. Like, is it relative truth or factual truth? Yeah. And so we live in so much conditioning and relative truth that we're not living in factual truth. And that's the DNA of where we need to become. You know, we need to understand why are we doing what we want to do and how is it inspiring us to our purpose? So that's what I want people to really walk away with. I want them to say, you know what? I'm ready to identify my purpose. And I have a roadmap that shows me what to do with it once I have it and how to execute it into my life in really what's going to look as there's 18 chapters, but two elements to every chapter. And in between there, the acts that I'm using, like in keep it in the movie framework is my personal story. So you can see that I had tragedy happen to me at 13. I mean, tragically, that people are going to be very raw on this and very truthful to it because I wanted people to understand when I was violated, that how did that impact me? And I didn't even know that impact till so many years later in life. But that's what took this effervescent kid and made him afraid of the world and made him run, which couldn't show up at school. It wasn't that I didn't want to show up at school. It was I was embarrassed. Right. And so that lived inside of me for so long and that getting through that choppy water and everybody's going to have something that's that impactful. And so 
nothing should stop you. So we have to learn how to find our purpose, rewire what we want, have a great roadmap to where we're going to go. And it's going to be pretty easy. By the time you're done here, you're going to see massive change. And that's what I want people to walk away with. That's awesome. Yeah. I think they will. I mean, I, I, there's so many triggers that you can have throughout your life. And it's yeah. really how you, how you address them, how you work through them, and how you come out the other end. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm going to have you on again because I love talking to you. And like I said, oh, thank I, you. we could talk for hours and hours. I know we have talked for hours and hours. So <laughs> yeah. I know this for sure. But so if somebody wants to get the book, yeah. how can they get it? Try to keep it as simple as possible. You go to inspiredbyjg.com. So inspiredbyjg.com. Really, that's where I want to put it in the very beginning. I'll eventually start to speak to groups. I'd love to speak to youth as much as, as people. If you have groups out there, call me up. I'd love to create a program for your group specifically. What part of the chapter, what book part of the book do you want to talk about? It doesn't have to be the whole book. Give everybody a copy, right? That's the real way. Really want to make it grassroots. I'm not looking. I never said oh my gosh, this book, I'm going to make this book and it's going to yeah. be a bestseller. No, it's about, it's going to find its own maturation the way that it needs to. But the best way to go get it is to go to inspiredbyjg.com. You can order it right online. Like I said, it will be available, I'm sure before the end of this month, hopefully in the yep. next week or so, week and a half, and you'll get your copy. And then yep. I'm hopefully people will let me know. The biggest thing I want people to do is let me know how it's changing their life because that's, if there's anything that I can learn through this whole process and how it's helped the people, that's going to only allow me to continue to grow as a human being. And that's my purpose. My purpose, people ask, it's not acting. Although you're damn good at it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know, it's to service people. And I'm a very spiritual person. So I, I want to believe that the, the person I can bring myself forward and how I can help you make your life incredible, that is the greatest gift for me. The best so, ever. Yeah. Yeah. It, it didn't start there. Right. Although, you know, it's the funniest thing. Like I said, I was raised in a convent, right? And and the thing was, right. is I, always, I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. And most people didn't. No, most people might. And it was just because my parents, we were poor. I didn't yeah. have my own room until I was, you know, like 13. And the thing was, is that they would go to work. So my sister, they, you know, they dropped off and then she went to school. I was behind her. So I'd go to mass every day and I, I wanted to become a priest. Wow. Yeah, but I wanted to be married and I wanted to have kids. And so I had this, if my mom and dad, if they would have just said, hey, you could be Episcopalian, you know, <laughs> I would have probably, yeah. I don't, I can't even imagine that that's not what I would have not been was a right. pastor of some sort, because I love to service people and I love to see people thrive. So yeah. that's why, as you can see, when we met and I had this school, you know, in Indiana, the Indiana Actor Studio which that was a great, kid. I had an amazing thing happen last night. I, one of the gentlemen that I was in class with that was in our classes, he wrote and he said how much he missed the classes. Oh, And, you know, literally last night. And, and yeah, and I wrote back and I said, yeah, but what they don't realize is as much as he missed it yep. and as much as he got from this, I got from these people too. Uh, it's, you know, when I, when I remember when I landed Chicago PD and I got back to class, I said to everybody, I said, listen, I only got this because of you. Yeah. Because the greatest thing you can have is when you share with people and you teach people, you learn more. And it gave me so much confidence in my own world and my own space to go do something. So I'm always grateful to those group of people that during that three-year period that we had that. And so that's that's what I thrive for. And that's what makes me tick, you know? Well, I think it's cool too, because you can take what somebody is already inspired to do and just kind of help them fine tune it, lean into it. And that's, that's it. the best feeling ever. And you'll go on that journey as a coach, as you begin yeah. your journey as a coach, you know, and, and it's funny because I, people ask, well, you should coach. And, you know, I've, this, and I went through personal certified coaching, you know, back in when I, it's kind of what turned the book on actually, believe it or not. It was because when I went through that in 2009, the thing was, is that I started to think about coaching. And then I started thinking, well, why would anybody listen to me? <laughs> right. 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 Although I've always told my mom, why can't I be the next Einstein, right? Like, you know, we're, why do we, we should never limit ourselves those ways. And right. so, you know, as I did that, that's what led me into really understanding the biology of our being of who we are. And that's when I really even took it deeper. I had been studying that. And then I wanted to understand what makes the mind tick. And that's when I fell into the whole inspirational world. And that morphed the entire essence of the book. And then the book even didn't even have, wasn't about film. 
It was that I was sharing how I had this idea of that. And I was writing this book and I was in a Uber mm-hmm. and the guy said, well, your book, you've already got the name. I said, no, I don't have the name. That's what I'm telling you. And he said, yeah. well, your name, it's your life is your movie. Wow. And I said, wow, dude, I love that. Yeah. I was like, totally. I'm like <laughs> on my way to LA airport from Burbank. Right? And he's like, yeah, he goes, one day I'll be in a bookstore and that will be it. I said, yes, it will. One day you will hopefully be in a bookstore and that will be it. And it, that's the day it found its own maturation. And then that's when it found like, okay, take these terms and take the acts and take the epilogue and all of that. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh my gosh. You know, it's something, I wish that we could keep in touch with some of these Uber drivers. I had one, I, know, huh? um, I was in Nashville and this was just last week. And the guy was telling me that he lives, like does music. And I mean, we're in Nashville, like everybody yeah. does. I'm like, oh, play something for me. And it was really good. And uh, his name is Hurley with an I, H-U-R-L-I. And I like got out of the, the Uber. And I just, I don't know. We had such a good conversation about just like being persistent with his dream. And like, cause you know, I was like, Oh yeah, play something like thinking that would, it would be, you know, it'd be good. Yeah. But I, like the whole time I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I want to listen to this. This is really good. Yeah. So I just, boy, I got out of the Uber and I was like, can I get you a Like I, I just hugged him. Like, I was like, just keep it up. Like, don't give up on your dreams. Never. You know, you see somebody with that talent and they get all the way. I, I heard an analogy once where it's like a seed growing in the ground. And sometimes people quit just before it sprouts. And it's like, I get goosebumps. Like just, oof. that's why I start with dreams in the, in the framework, you know, like we can only reverse engineer you into the dream. If you articulate what that is, right. Figure out what's been like haunting you for all these years and then lean into it. And then if it doesn't work out or you don't want to do that anymore, then you can pivot, but you didn't have any regrets, you know? I saw an interesting uh, quote on social media today and it, I can't quote it verbatim, but I can give you gist, you know, and it basically said strangers will come into your life that mean that will be the most important people in your life and they will only be in your life for a very short term. That's the sad part. The best part is, is that they'll only be in your life for a short term, right? And it's like very powerful. So you're, you know, as you look at this is, here I have this incredible book coming out, which, you know, it's, it's interesting, a statement I'll make here in a second. And that's a dream. And it's somebody, I may never see him again, right? But we had this incredible hour together. Yeah. That will impact my life forever. Maybe not theirs, but they'll impact my life forever. You know, okay. we don't know what my conversation did for him because we may never chat again, right? About that. It's even like when you talk about purpose and you said to me, I remember when we sat down and we were having some food. And you said, I, you know, books and they're great, but you would be great on a podcast. And, and, and that doesn't leave, you know, I'm in the essence, yeah. I think that's definitely in the future in 2023, latter part or early 2024. Mm-hmm. I would love to take this to that next level and, and do something like that. But I felt like my, what, what I needed was to accomplish something that was very important for me. And so you do, doesn't mean you put this one off. It just means you just find, and it goes back into what I said. It's about frequency and waves and knowing and trusting and listening to what the world is throwing at you and allow it to happen. Step into the unknown, right? Yes. That vibration is so incredibly addicting. (laughs) Yeah. People just learn how to step into the unknown. You know, it's like literally uh, when you go to get a coffee, don't get the same coffee every time, right? Just ask them, just say, Hey, listen, what should I have? Yeah. Like let them never make that you brave, do something. Though. Oh, you should I'm try never. it. It's amazing. <laughs> I got a great story in the book about uh, getting food at Whole Foods and somebody making a dish for me for 10 minutes. And the, the person I was with ordered something before me and they just slopped the stuff on. And then I said, I want what you want me to have. And the sweat that runs down their forehead and the (laughs) eyes, how they get bulging big. It's crazy. And then they're like, you can just see it. And you're like, don't worry, you're okay. Like you can't go wrong because I just want you to make what you'd make for yourself Mm -hmm. and make that incredible thing for me. You, I have to accept it because that's what I've said. I'm willing to do that. I can never get upset about that. And they literally fresh the fresh meat, fresh salsa, fresh everything. And he good? said, it was amazing. And he goes, like, he's like, I do this all the time. And I says, when I can, yes, I do. <laughs> and, it's, it, and the things that you'll get in life, even in my first time in Italy on a plane, and a gentleman said to me, he you know, was Italian. 
and we met in like the concourse area. And now we're on the plane. He came up and we started chatting. And he said, so where, who are you meeting? And I said, uh, no one. So you're not, you come here to Italy and you're not meeting anybody. And I said, no. He said, so, you know, where are you staying? I said, I don't know. <laughs> he says, you don't know where you're staying. I said, no. And he, I said, you know, I was going to figure it out. He goes, okay, will you stay with me? I said, I'll stay with you. So we, first night, I'm in a town called Bergamo, Italy, right? And it's just above Milan. And they, and I meet his family. He hasn't been home in five years. They didn't know he's coming home. Then he's this Americano here in our very first meals that sit there, call the whole family over. And it's this in this house, this incredible family meal in this town of Bergamo, which was just like the craziest, coolest thing, right? Yep. He says to me, we, we hang out a couple of days and I go to I go to uh, Venice and another town near, out, just outside of Venice. And he says, come back in the weekend. It'll be, we'll go out and have a good time. I said, okay. Well, I, I called him up but when I got to, you know, back into the train into his area and his, his mom answered and she only spoke Italian and I don't speak Italian. I only spoke English. So she hung up. <laughs> oh no i don't know where he lives yeah. so i i could have said okay and if it didn't work out so i said no so i carried my luggage rolled it around this town of bergamo saying i will find him yeah four hours later i'm going down this little street and i hear this guy say jonathan <laughs> oh my god That's i always make a movie of your life because you're just your stories are so good and like, they're just the outrageous, best. but amazing. Yeah. So life, jump all in. That's what hopefully people will do is jump into the work, jump into your life. And when you do that, so many cool things will happen. You know? It's an investment. It's an investment in you. Like that's the best investment you could ever make in your life. Right. You can't so, go wrong. Can't go no. wrong. Well, Jonathan Gorman, you're one of my favorite people. Thank you. And we can find you on LinkedIn by Jonathan Gorman. But what's your social? Yes. Well, in the sense of, so Instagram is GormanJF. I'm on Instagram. Facebook's Jonathan Gorman. So you can find me there. Um, LinkedIn, Jonathan Gorman. It's Jonathan with an H. So J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N. A lot of people spell that wrong. But so that's the, and those are the only ones I'm on. I try Twitter. I think I'm JG social expert, but I don't understand. I understand Twitter putting content when you're using it from that perspective, but I just follow a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's so I'm just because I'm like to get their thoughts, right? Yeah. So I think yeah. from that perspective, I, I think a majority of the world loves doing that, right? From that yep. perspective. But I do, that's what I sold prior. I've started a new job this or in February. And, um, but I was a social expert for a company. So showing them how they get their brand on Twitter, I understand yeah. and how you can get into the worlds of people because you got to put content out there and use those hashtags because they follow the hashtags, right? Yeah. So that's what I am. I'm a hashtag junkie on Twitter. So I think it's JG social expert. I don't even know if I have a Twitter anymore. I should probably look at that. I probably deactivated it at some point. I actually tried to do one for the book thought well i'll start yeah. a new one and the funny thing is here i'm this expert on social for organizations and then i i must have violated elon bought it and so i must have violated some term and they said you are suspended forever and i'm like oh, no. i don't even know what i've done it was the very first post right oh, and, and it would have been your life is your movie which would have made it so easy right so yeah. Maybe one day it'll end up and I'll figure out how to unlock the Twitter door. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, just find another one. Right. And well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. As always, I love hanging thank out you. with you. I'm sure we're going to have many, many days in your new pool in your best. Yes. I can't wait please, to see it. It looks come. amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time tonight. It's all thank you to you. I'm just so privileged you allowed me to be on your show and your, your podcast. Thank you so much, really. Well, I could go on forever and ever about moving you closer to your dreams, but I probably should save some thoughts for the next episode. A big thanks goes out to you for making time for me today. In making time for me, you are making time for future you, and we are both grateful. Get on my Monday mailer by registering on my website at marriottsonthemove.com, where you can find my blog, all my faves, which if you didn't know by buying yourself something real nice, you are actually supporting the show. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. Be sure to sign up for my mailing list where I put a few nuggets each week that you can't get on the podcast. 
Thank you to the team at Bear Value for editing Genius. Thank you to my brother and my therapist who keep me balanced. And thank you to my assistant, Jacinta, whose Canva prowess makes me look like I know what I'm doing. And to Nick, my favorite boyfriend ever. Oh, my love. Until next time, keep moving forward towards your dreams. Bye for now. Marriott's on the move. What? Marriott's on the move. Again? Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the move.